We're back to the regular season, and it's time to get our game back on track. What does it mean to be a leader in hockey? We've got a new team captain and three assistants. Let's talk this week about what strong leadership could do for our team. This is Renegades Rinkside, the evolving story of a minor hockey team, its players, coaches, and families making one more run for the championship. Find out how they do and who they become in this exciting journey. The best hockey happens right here. Thank you for joining yet another episode of Renegades Rinkside, the minor hockey podcast that shines a light on the heart of a local team, the U18 AA New Market Renegades. We've got an exciting episode lined up for you this week with some very special guests. But before we get into it, let's start as we always do with our segment, The Spirit of Minor Hockey. Leaders make greatness. No question, there's a shortage of leadership. It's the number one in-demand skill right now in business, but leadership is also desperately lacking in politics, community, and just about everywhere. Why is there a shortage of leaders? Because leadership requires courage, certainty, service to others, selflessness. Leadership has nothing to do with being the boss or about being right. It's about taking charge of an outcome and doing everything necessary as part of a team to make it happen. When we appoint leaders, it's not just a recognition of their notable contributions so far. It's bestowing an honor, an accountability, a grave duty. And once the puck is in play, the coaches can only reach so far on the ice surface. The job of a captain and the assistants is to carry forward the messaging, the strategies, the directives, and the motivation to the team moment by moment. Well, we're pleased to announce that the U18 AA Newmarket Renegades have announced their captains for the year. Our team captain is number 10, Cole Baldwin. And in jersey order, our assistants are number 4, Henry Kodak, number 18, Cole Robertshaw, and number 23, Marcus Gingle. Let's hear from Cole, Henry, and Marcus on what they think they can bring as leaders to the team this year. Here's Cole. For the C, I think just, you know, it's an honor to be the captain of this team. I can't wait for it to come. I think I can bring energy to the team and positivity, and, uh, you know, the A's are going to be supportive too, and everyone else, everyone else's leadership role, so it's going to be a good year. And now let's hear from number four, Henry Kodak, and number 23, Marcus Gingle. Leadership, I'm, I'm always going to stay positive. I'm always going to bring my teammates up, help on the ice too. Yeah, I got, I got everyone's back. Uh, it feels great, honestly. I feel like I can bring a lot of leadership to this team and uh, pick guys up when they're feeling down. And yeah, I just feel like I can put a big impact on this team. I also caught up with Cole Robertshaw, number 18, our other assistant, but he mostly spoke about his goal that evening. So Cole, I'll get back to you on the topic of leadership contribution. In any event, congratulations all. As a matter of fact, to all the teammates, let me remind you of this that leadership comes from anywhere, at any time. A great teammate is open to being led, but is also ready and willing to lead when called upon. When the situation demands, anyone can rise to meet the need. And what does leadership mean? Leadership can be pumping each other up when we've given up hope. It can be calling for a pass when you see an angle that nobody else does. It can be a heads up to trouble or opportunity. It can be paying attention to someone who's had a hard shift or a tough game. It can be taking care of an injured teammate 
It could be keeping each other out of the penalty box when we can't afford to give away chances to the competitor. And it can be reminding each other who we are and who we most wish to be. So expect to see these leaders helping each other, helping the team, helping the coaches, helping the community. Because leadership is something that you take with you to your families, to your peer groups, your school projects, your careers, your communities. Leadership is the decision to be accountable, to be visionary, to see the total picture and decide how you will move forward and make the vision real, to dream big, to push others, to find their greatness, to show by example what's possible, because what we do on the ice is so much bigger than the game itself. Speaking of leadership, my first guest this week should be familiar to everybody listening today. Mayor John Taylor, the mayor of Newmarket, who was not only born and raised here, but also played hockey here. What you may not know is that Mayor Taylor has a background in education. He's had a bright and varied career. He's worked at Queen's Park. He's been a teacher and he helped lead a logistics company. Now, I was really interested to hear about John's hockey background, but I figured while we're at it, might as well talk about the leadership aspect of competitive sports and how it shaped who he is and the career that he's built. John is so well-respected for what he does that in the last election, I don't even think he was contested. He's an inspiring balance of visionary leadership and approachability. I enjoyed my conversation with him. I know you will too. Here he is, Mayor John Taylor. Mayor Taylor, welcome to the show. It's a big honor for us. Well, it's great to be here. Should be a fun conversation. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this little segment. And we're talking about the meaning of hockey to this town. And I understand that you have a lot of experience as a hockey player growing up in Newmarket, you with your dad as a coach and your son has been a hockey player as well. Tell us about some of your early memories or standout memories from your time in junior hockey. Well, you know, it just, uh, Growing up and playing hockey in Newmarket then was a very small town, right? When I when I probably started playing hockey, Newmarket was ten thousand people, so you knew everybody. <laughs> you knew every every family, every team. You know, I remember the there was uh, the McAlpine brothers had to be you know they had to be picked as brothers. You couldn't separate them, and there was everybody knew that that, that was the case. And um, but you know, I just remember having a lot of fun. Um, being coached by my father was special. Uh, of course, I do also remember, you know, a, child, a child's memory is different, right? I do remember that even though, uh, uh, you know, one or two years I was the top scorer in the league, this is house league, uh, but top scorer in the league, I wasn't allowed to be the captain of the team because that might look like favoritism. So, um, but uh, yeah, just, you know, lots of fun, lots of, you know, early mornings, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, laughs and, uh, you know, just something you always look back and treasure. Did you stay friends with a lot of the people that you played with? Did you create friendships for life during those years? Yeah, for sure. I definitely know some of them still that I played hockey with, uh, you know, and then, and then there's, you know, from there you get, you get older and you play ball hockey or you play pickup or, uh, and, uh, so you have friends from those years as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, I have, I have many, many good friends. It's funny, you know, I go to every year to the, uh, to the Newmarket Minor Hockey Association appreciation event and I say a few words as mayor, but of course when I'm there, I run into people I knew when I was, you know, 15 years old Wow! <laughs> and they're coaching wow. now and their kids are playing now and they're helping to run the league now. So you, and what was it to have your dad coaching you? How did that change your relationship with your dad? How did that impact your hockey experience? It was a big part of my hockey experience. He coached me every year. Uh, in fact, you know, I guess for me, hockey was being coached by my father because the, I, I recall, and I, I don't recall how it happened or what order it happened, but I know that we stopped at the same time. I think he kind of said, you know, I, I'm 
getting too busy and uh then i um and then i sort of stopped playing around the age of 16 i think i, I can't recall 7 15 16 17. and what about your son yeah he um he played for a number of years uh he's not playing anymore um but he played for a number of years and uh you know by far that's my best hockey memory is that right <laughs> oh sure yeah way better way better memory of, of your own you know your own memory certainly for one thing starts to fade <laughs> but uh, it's uh, just so special watching your son play uh watching him make friends watching him learn new skills watching him learn how to navigate uh, the social side of sports and the athletic side and uh, you know and, and three on three hockey in the summer you know with lots of action and lots of ice so yeah a lot of great memories there couldn't get your daughter interested eh no, no, she didn't. Uh, she was playing other sports, I guess. But, Good for her. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So what effect do you think, seeing where you are now, and I know your dad being you know, in politics for his career as well, but what do we learn, do you think, from competitive sport at a young age that would affect your career, but also your desire or your ability to make impact in the community? Yeah, I think I'd start off by saying, you know, you learn what you decide to take from the opportunity. It can be just exercise or it can be a lot more than that. Uh, and so, you know, I guess if I was talking to my son right now, I'd say, you know, you're going to learn as much as you decide to learn. Um, so there's a lot to learn there. Uh, and certainly I took a lot away from it, which is that uh, you don't score goals on your own, right? Uh, if you're not willing to pass to somebody and somebody's not willing to pass to you, uh, you're going to score a lot less goals. Um, you know, that it takes teamwork, it takes uh, some humility, it takes knowing when it's about you and when it's not about you, um, and it takes social skills about recognizing when somebody on your team is needs some support or, you know, uh, uh, needs, uh, you know, some, uh, some guidance maybe even. And so it's really all of that translates into the workplace um, and into future endeavors in life, whether it's, and you know, it, it is a moment where you can learn about um, outcomes in a complex setting, uh, and, a, and a, you know, in a hockey, like in the workplace, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of individuals and a lot of personalities and a lot of, you know, luck, good and bad. And so, you know, what you can do with that has a lot to, with how much you pay attention to what's going on around you and how you can, um, harness those, those moments to, to, for their, you know, for something better and something bigger. Right. Those are skills that you don't always learn in school, that sometimes you have to be involved in something like sport in order to really get exposure to it. Would you, would you agree? I would completely agree. Um, I think you learned some of those skills in school, but you don't lose, you learn them the same way. You know, you might, people might not notice it or realize it. And my background is in education and, and academics I have a doctorate in education. Um, but it's, it's fairly controlled compared to sports. Sports is moving quickly and the unexpected can happen at any moment. And that's in many different ways. Again, and I would say, you know, uh, it, it, and I'm talking about not just the moment you're playing and you're in the middle of the second period. I'm talking about before the game, after the game, and these days on social media and a conversation with your parents, uh, you're, you're constantly negotiating that, that landscape, which is both your source of joy and fun, but also sometimes frustration and confusion. And so I think it's, it's, um, it, it's moving quickly and you learn to, uh, adapt, to, to slow down, to think things through 
and uh, hopefully to, to have a great time and have a lot of fun. Sure. And where else really can you learn that we, in a previous episode, we spoke about the situational awareness on the ice of not having to know where the puck is, but also where your competitor is, where, you know, what's happening all over 360 degrees. And that's the kind of skill I can imagine being mayor. You never know what's going to come at you from what angle. You never know what questions are going to be raised or what kind of opposition or, or you know, what kinds of plans and schemes are happening all around you and what the town actually needs. So you have to be consistently aware of the other, which is something you mentioned, goals don't get scored on their own. Yeah, I think, you know, whether it's me being mayor or someone in a workplace, uh, you know, a young person in their first job or uh, uh, in a hockey team, it's almost always mostly about people. It's, that's, that's one of the first learnings. Like you think it's about the puck or you think it's about, you know, the other team, but it's almost always about people. And so, you know, uh, you know, truly great players, uh, the truly greatest hockey players, uh, like Newmarket's own Connor McDavid, I bet you they're not just really aware of 360 on the ice or where the puck's going. They're deeply aware of each player on their team, how they're feeling that day, how they're performing, what support they need. Are they ready to take a great pass? Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's always about people. And you, you've you mentioned a couple of things. People, awareness, you've mentioned the consideration for the other. Let's bring that all back to how this affects our great town of Newmarket, which you have the, the privilege to lead at the local level. And I know you care a great deal about this town and you have great vision for this town and the things that you want to do. You and I have had a, a chance to speak a couple of times. And one of the things I admire most about you is that that ability to see into the future and, and predict what this town needs or what it could be. And that's a great question for a town that's just a little north of the GTA. You know, we're not quite prime time, but we're growing and this community is changing. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on what is hockey or any kind of organized sport mean to the town itself? Because people live here for, you know, have different interests and different reasons for being here and different hopes and dreams. And competitive sport is just one part of that. So what does hockey mean to our town? And, and what is it about this town that seems to grow pretty great professional hockey players, by the way, not to brag? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, I st the first question, really, what does hockey mean to this town? I mean, there's the obvious answers, like, you know, uh, you know, tournaments can fill hotels and, you know, restaurants and economic development. And that's true. Uh, but I think the thing it means most deeply um, and that goes for other organized sports, as you pointed out, is that um, it builds community. And I think it builds community in ways we don't always recognize. You know, one thing I notice is that, you know, how many of us included have, you know, close friends that we met through our kids, hockey, right? Uh, and how many of those people have we gone on to do other things with? Or how many of those teams did some fundraising? together and bonded that way or how many of those teams actually decided to go and give back and volunteer or or contribute to something and so it's all of those moments of participation interaction engagement that build the strength of community a community is strongest at, when its roots are strong and, and people will feel um, a sense of belonging and a sense of community and it, and, it, and i think it's dramatically overlooked how much sport plays a role in that when you see the events that are held, the tournaments, the appreciation events that I get to go to, and you see, wow, people are deeply invested. They've they're 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 laughing and talking to what have become their new best friends uh, over the last five years of sport. 
Uh, and so that's, I think, the biggest thing it, it, it means and gives back to the community and the town of Newmarket. What is it about Newmarket, do you think, that has created so much high caliber talent for the, you know, feeding junior hockey or the NHL? What is it about what we do here, do you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I suspect there's people better positioned to answer this than me, but I'll give two quick reasons. One is, is that I think, you know, there's some people that speculate that if you're a little bit further north, there's less to do. And so you play more hockey and you go all in. And then there's some that say you've got to be right down in the, you know, in the, in the, almost in Toronto to play with the best of the best. Well, Newmarket kind of benefits from both of those. We're right in, in between. And, and it's, it is a small town that became big where hockey was everything and still is very, very significant. But it's also close enough to the best and the biggest population center to, to give that kind of competition. And, and the other thing I'd say is that Newmarket always has been and still is an ambitious town. We, we don't settle. We don't just sit around and hope to, you know, have another good year, uh, whether it's as a, you know, a community uh, as, you know, not-for-profit organizations or sporting organizations. We're, we're ambitious and we want to we want to strive for excellence and we want to be the best. Well, I know everyone who is involved in the NMHA would thank you for your support of the Newmarket Renegades and all the different Newmarket sports teams. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this. When you say hockey in Canada, Canadians' ears just tune in, you know, they just spark up. There's something about this the sport that's uniquely ours. What is it that you think makes hockey a national obsession as opposed to football, as opposed to basketball? We all have those sports. We do them well. But hockey is clearly our, a national treasure for us. What do you think it is about the game? I think, it's, I think it's handed down from generation to generation. I think the stories, the memories, the cheering together, you know, around the TV, the, you know, the, the fathers coaching sons and daughters, it's, it's something that's just um, bred in the bone and, and just carries on from one generation to the next. And I think it's going to be a very powerful part of our identity uh, as a country and as a community for a very long time. And we just have to make sure that, uh, you know, that all the young people that keep going through NMHA and hockey and Newmarket continue to have an amazing experience, continue to uh, meet new friends, continue to have a ton of fun and continue to take some of those life lessons away and, and move on to bigger and greater things. And I'm so glad you're a part of it, by the way. We're looking forward to seeing you out there to some of the events. And by all means, come and watch us Friday nights every 7 p.m. I know you got a busy week, but if you want to bring the family out and come and watch the U18AA Newmarket Renegades. But what would you say to the folks in this town who maybe don't know that there's a treasure right buried underneath their, their doorstep where they can come and see a great game of hockey? I mean, when you're, once you're 17, 18 years old, this is very physical, competitive, fast yeah. hockey. What would you say to the people of the town to help support? the team well I think to I think people a lot of people in the town would be surprised uh, of the caliber of hockey that, you know this is high caliber hockey it, it moves quickly and it's and it's high high entertainment value um, but I think also I think they'd be uh, surprised about how much two things they they uh, enjoy cheering on their community in their hometown and I think the other part is how much it will the experience of going out and supporting this team and watching this hockey will bring back their own hockey memories. And, uh, and, you know, so I think the, they'll, have a, they'll have a lot of fun. Mary Taylor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being on the show with us this week, and we look forward to seeing you at some of the games. Awesome. Thanks very much. Well, thank you once again, Mayor Taylor. Come see us rinkside. We appreciate your support of the team. Speaking of which, the team has got their work cut out for them again this week. We bumped into a couple of back-to-back -back losses. So as always, I'm going to bring in our captain's dad, 
Paul Gillard to talk about what he's been seeing on the ice, what leadership means in his professional life and in hockey, and what we're hoping to see next from the boys. Here he is, Paul Gillard. Hey, Paul, it's been a few weeks. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. It has been. I want to talk about everything that's been happening because there's a lot to cover here. Everything from, we were on a little bit of a losing streak there for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we met the Upper York Admirals and we had our first win in a long time. And I think that was a pivotal moment. And then we did that tournament where it's like, ah, let's see how we do. And what happened? We win the whole thing. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what changed there. And then let's talk about what's been going on this past week with Aurora and uh, and the people we just beat for the tournament, yeah. TNT. Yeah. So, so tell me what you've been seeing. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the tournament was great, right? Like uh, we played uh, that game against, who was it, Vaughn. That game took forever. I think it's the longest game we've been involved with. We, we got done after that, and I'm like, where did that took forever? But it was it was a chippy game, a lot of penalties, uh, and we broke through that. And I thought it was a good game. Game against Cumberland, excellent, four nothing. You went on that. Probably I would say it's probably the top three games we played all year. Played against TNT did on Saturday night. I didn't think it was a good game at all. We. Uh, they like to hit. They're aggressive, and I think at times we shied away from that. So they yeah. they put it to us pretty good. Played Cumberland again on Sunday. Didn't had a terrible first two periods. I thought I was like, where did the hell did this team come from? And uh, but picked it up in the third. Uh, some uh, you know Travis King got uh, got that uh, goal from the point. They didn't call it at first. I was right. Or we were right there. A few of us standing and saw it go right in, and we're like, holy geez. But never thought they'd call it back. You don't right. see that too often. So, uh, so that, that, and then, uh, Nathan Woolrich got a beautiful goal in overtime. And, uh, I, I, have been a part of those, but only in men's league of, of shootouts like that, but oh my God, exciting, uh, to, uh, to watch that. Definitely. So, and then we played TNT on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And it was, uh, it was a quiet game. They, uh, it wasn't physical at all. That plays more into our style compared to TNT. So uh, a lot less physicality and, uh, I thought we played a pretty good game and uh, stayed. I think we stayed out of the penalty box pretty good that game. Uh, we go in Sunday night, uh, or sorry, Monday night in Aurora. Uh, I thought the boys were pretty flat on that. I think that was a game of penalties. And uh, um, they had three power play goals, so that's what uh, what sunk us. So uh, not a good, I wouldn't be too happy with that game, although we, you know, it was a 4-2 game. Then we played TNT, the slow, slow game. Not exactly sure why, but I think a lot of it had to do with the boys are still tired. You know, they had five games in two and a half days. Uh, sorry, six games and a practice. And they did their charity event on Wednesday night. They had Thursday off, I think. And then, and then game Friday. So I, I suspect they were a little tired. Probably sick and tired of playing TNT again, which we're playing next Saturday afternoon. So uh, I think one time when you're playing uh, a team a lot, you uh, you get sick of them. I expected it to be a, a way more physical game than it was on uh, on Sunday afternoon, but it wasn't. It was kind of slack. I thought that I don't think we either team played very well, um, and uh, I just think again we we get into we're getting into penalty trouble, and that's that's what's uh, that's what's hurting us. Yeah. Now, what what allowed us? Do you think? Aside from that win against the Admirals, what do you think allowed the boys to turn it around and win that tournament? 
I think it's it's camaraderie. I think that uh, that meeting up and hanging out at uh, during the tournament, whether it's a Boston Pizza or they're going across to grab food together or driving together. So I think that's the important part of it. Right. And I think it's really about playing for each other and trusting in each other. And that's built up by, uh, uh, created by building the camaraderie. I think we're hardwired as people too, to, to say, if this works, I'm going to keep doing it. So that first victory probably emboldened them and gave them a little bit of confidence and, Correct. and belief that what they're doing is working. Correct. So to keep focusing on the stuff that works and reject the things that don't. And I think it translated into a couple of wins for them on the ice as well. We seem to have been better at taking advantage of the power play. What have you been seeing there? It's interesting. If you look at the tournament and uh, definitely at the Aurora game and uh, I, I get, yeah, the game on Friday night, a lot of, lot of the plays are generated on the power play. The forwards get the puck down low. They start working it up the wall, and then they move it back to the defense. Defense will get a shot away, and uh, and and they'll score. So I know uh, on on Friday night, Travis King got a beauty. It was on the power play, uh, and a beauty shot from the point. So that was generated by it. Uh, Zamek had a beautiful pass over for the first goal over to I think Henry, and he put it in. So that was on the half wall. I, I know in the tournament, you know, Cole got one, um, Hank got a, one, Charlie Mabley got a goal, Travis got, I think, two. So a lot of things are being generated by the point. So what I like to see in, in what's happening here is the power play. The forwards are, are taking that puck, whether they dump it in or work it in, down low. And then, and then they move the puck up and it gives the defenseman some time. So for people that don't watch a lot of hockey, if you just watch and see how much of a gap there is between the wingers or their center, whoever's on the penalty kill and our defenseman, that's going to dictate how the game goes. So if they, they play up high against them, that means we got to work it low and there'll be space down low. But if the, those forwards are sinking down top of the circle even lower, it's giving a lot of space to the defense. So what I'm seeing is that the defense are generating a lot of the lot of the goals by the forwards working it out to them and them shooting it out. Now, the Aurora game on Tuesday was silly for penalties. I oh, think we had 30 penalty minutes. Crazy. Let's get the excuses out of the way. There could have been some unfavorable. I mean, mm -hmm. Aurora is known for having slightly less than even refing in their building. How that's possible, I don't know. But <laughs> the point is, it's not the first time we've seen it. But we should still be able to do better. We should still be able to learn that, uh-oh, for whatever reason, the refs might have us in for it tonight or we're, we're pissing them off and they're you know, they're, they're showing us who's in charge, whatever the reason may be, yep. we should be able to adjust and adapt quickly. But 30 minutes in the, in the pen says that, uh, we're not. Yeah. So what, what's going yeah. on there? Lack of discipline. First of all, um, I think, uh, there's a handful of people that will get penalties. I think at inopportune times during the game and that's got to be corrected. I think, I think we had a couple of misconducts, so that makes it, uh, difficult as well. Those imply to me that it's uh, lack of discipline. You get some penalties that are, are what I call hardworking penalties. And, uh, although you don't like them, they're, they're acceptable. So, uh, I think that's, I, the penalties are the problem, but as I was saying to Cole was, you can only control what you can control, right? You can't control what the refs are uh, going to do. So you can just control what you do out there and your reaction or your, you know, your reaction to what happens. So it happens. I do believe the, I believe in the hockey gods. It evens out in the end of the year. Uh, yeah, we had some bad ones uh, on, uh, on Monday night against us, but I think it will even out. So to me, it's about discipline. Here's another factor that could end up biting us a little bit. We've got some injuries. Yep. 
this time of year, mm-hmm. the boys have been at it for eight weeks or whatever, so they're getting comfortable, and now it's time to elevate their game, push a little harder, try to be where the puck is a little bit more, be more aggressive. And with that comes a little bit of soft tissue damage, breaks, all kinds of stuff will yeah. start happening. Will Spencer's out or has been out yeah. with a mild concussion, so he's missed a few games. When he's not there, you miss him. Then we have my son, Matt, had a bit mm-hmm. of a groin pull, and then he ended up having some kind of infection. So he's been out for a few games. We saw Cole Robertshaw have a possible hamstring pull and there are others. And when that happens, we've got to readjust the lines and, and Hey, we miss some of those guys who are cornerstone players. Nobody on that team is uh, for show. Yeah. All of these guys are making a great contribution. So the minute they come out, we miss them. What are your thoughts having been a coach for many years on how you adjust around that difficulty? Yeah, it's really tough, and you know what's going to happen. I think uh, Larry and the and the coaching staff did a good job by having an extra player. You've got to have APs available. I don't know who the young man's name is. That's been Cameron Mattis. Okay, he, he. I thought he's been playing great. Um, it, it's great to have an extra body because you know injuries, suspensions are are gonna gonna happen. At the end of the day, it comes back down to you can't control it, right? And you gotta you gotta deal with it, and and it's that ability to be flexible and adjust to certain circumstances, and it's part of the game. Last question: yeah. We've elected, I think, one captain and three assistants. Yes. So we've got the numbers now. That's your son, Cole Baldwin. Yeah, is the captain. The assistants are Cole Robertshaw, number yep. eighteen, Marcus Gingle, yep. number twenty-three. Henry Kodak, number four. These guys are great leaders. And so we grab some interview footage with them and ask them how they think they're going to contribute to the team. What do you think the role of a leader is Mm. on a hockey team, on the ice and off the ice? Yeah, there's two types of leaders. There's the, what I would call the rah, rah, you know, they're going to be loud and talk a lot. And, uh, and then there's going to be the, the people that are, are quiet and lead by action, right? And both of them, you have to lead by action, but one's a quiet leader and one's a, one's a loud leader. So, you know, we got to look at these boys are 16 and 17 years old. They're, they're finding their way as well. And, and what they're going to do is, and I would expect the, uh, the, the coaching staff and Larry to say, hey, here are my expectations for you. Because I think as a leader, you need to have this vision or expectation sent by somebody else to say, this is what we're expecting of you. And then I would expect them to follow that to the to the best of their abilities. Um, it, it's it, Leadership's, we were talking about this before we went on air, leadership's tough, right? And it's about serving others. And uh, and so uh, in terms of what's on the ice is leading by example, uh, leading through hard work, making sure you're showing up on time or even beforehand and doing the things that are, are right. That's, that's to me what, what leadership is. And they've got to show the other guys that, uh, that th- this is what it's, it's uh, what, what needs to be done. But I think as well, you also have, there's guys in that team that are not uh, uh, didn't get a get a letter in their leaders as well, and and they've got to got to got to got to lead as well, and so it's all about doing the right thing. I agree. When they were younger, leadership or the captainship was almost like a um, it was almost like a badge you gave to someone who was contributing, probably on and off the ice, but they were generally doing well. At this age, that captainship also carries with it a duty. Correct. 
to take care of your partner, to look out for the boys, to keep them motivated, but also to carry the coach's intentions and directions away from the box. The minute you get on the ice, the coach can't reach you there. I think it's important for the boys who got those badges to know that it's their job to help make that dream come true on behalf of the entire team. But you're right. I think leadership can come from anywhere on the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that we've talked to Cole about and, and there's a variety of different leaders, but it's really about serving others. Mm. That's it. Service. Yeah, it is. That's a big point. That's a big point. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your commentary once again this week. We'll do it again soon. And let's hope that the boys keep, you know, take up the momentum from that great tournament and start feeling better about their capabilities in the ice. And hopefully that translates into more wins for them. Well, we'll find out Friday night. That's it. Thank you so much, Paul. You're welcome. And even though we had plenty of content this week, I can't resist talking shop with fellow hockey dad, coach, and leader in our hockey community, Mr. Matt Fisher. Here's my conversation with Matt. Let's talk about each of them in turn real quick. Cole Baldwin, I don't know him from having played before, but I've gotten to know his family and I've gotten to know him in the process. I can tell you he's an outspoken guy. He's an outgoing guy. You can tell he loves the game. He is, I don't think he shies away from much. Right. I think he's the kind of kid who's in there. What do you have any impressions of uh, number 10? I I don't know much about him either, either than um, he's he's a good hockey player. He's got a good solid mind on him. He plays with aggression. Um, He's someone that, you know, if you're on the team, you can look at him and think that guy can lead you for sure. So picking him as a captain, I think, was unanimous for most of the boys, thinking that that's our guy from the get-go. I did have some conversations uh, before about it, and I think everyone thought that Cole should be the, uh, the captain of the team. So congratulations to Cole. Absolutely. Congrats, Cole. Let's talk about number 23. You've got right. some personal, you've told your personal story about number 23 before. What kind of young man is he? On uh, Marcus. So Marcus is a good boy. He's uh, actually away in a, a separate tournament right now where he's been ripping it up as well. So, you know, Marcus... Um, some things I like about him on the ice is that grit. So he's this nice boy that comes up to you and says hi and has a smile on his face and great to handle conversation. And then when he's on the ice, there's no fear in this guy. So that he's almost talking all game. He's in the game. You you can't teach an athlete to have what he has inside. And and his competitiveness shows each game. Um, and and I think the boys can can rally behind that kind of leadership. Absolutely. What about Cole Robertshoff, number 18? Yeah, another Cole, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, two Coles. <laughs> Taylor, two Coles. Right, right. So, um, yeah, and you can't go wrong with Cole. Quality, quality individual. You know, you look at some of these guys, it's not necessarily going to be what they do verbally. And, and it's probably a good point that we could say here, but their production on the ice and, and not just through points and through, um, through not getting penalties or something like that. But, um, you know, first in the corner, seeing the ice well, treating teammates well, knowing when you're on an odd man rush, able to to make the right play and not be a selfish individual, uh, making the players around you better, uh, and and Cole Cole breeds that kind of uh, influence on his on his the rest of his teammates. So yeah, Cole's a great pick for sure. Absolutely, and then finally number four, Henry Kodak. Right, Kodak. Yeah, yeah, Henry. Henry's a boy that uh, has always had the skill and the and the uh, tenacity, and then the last few years, I guess through COVID till now, he's just really responded into an excellent athlete. You could tell that he's he's got individual 
uh, skill that is at a high level and um, it looks like he's a real good boy and 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 um, you know he's definitely a strong asset for the for the um, for the team and you can tell that he's the kind of boy that leads on the ice as well he leads with his play now let's talk about leadership I think Paul and I were talking about how when they were kids little right. kids the captain badge kind of went to whoever was, you know, the most popular or, or right, most right. likable kid who was doing real well, standing out. But now I think that badge comes with a duty right. that you're going to lead. And you talked about doing little things like picking up the water bottles and stuff right. like that, but it's got to be so much more than that. So at this level, at the 18U level, what does leadership mean? Yeah, it's a good point. And I mentioned, you know, the old leaders that used to exist don't really exist anymore. But at the same time, if I'm playing on this team and I'm an individual, I want to know that that captain has my back and he's someone I can look up to as my captain. Kind of at someone I'm saying, okay, not necessarily to put the team on the back, but someone that will support me in a role that I'm playing on the team and that um, we can count on them at any moment. You know, and it's not necessarily about like um, – uh, getting into uh, scoring 100 goals or something like that. But if I'm in some kind of disagreement with another opponent, then I'm going to want that guy beside me. doesn't mean he's got to jump over my back and punch him in the head, but I'm better with numbers. And when if someone's coming at me or there's some kind of disagreement after the whistle, I'm going to look to have my captain or my assistant or someone beside me either pulling me away or backing me up in an odd man situation. 100%. And that was a big topic of conversation with that Bruins hit on the Leafs a couple of weeks ago. Correct. Right? Yeah. Where yeah. they were like, where was the team? Need to answer. Where were yeah. these guys backing yeah. up? And if you mentioned again, someone on the ice, you need an ambassador to be speaking with the ref saying, hey, did you see what I saw there? How exactly. was that not a whatever? Exactly. And so there's that sense of advocacy for the team, but also how do they help deliver on the coach's vision? I mean, Larry's got some big goals. We all want to see some wins. We know there's some discipline improvements that have to be made. I'm, I'm talking about For the sure. discipline to stay out of the penalty box and to, For sure, yeah. you know, to, to take our time with the puck and set up shots properly. And, and so at 18, I think the expectation should be that they're helping translate that onto the ice. Right. Right. They're no longer playing for themselves. They're not, they're, not, they're not trying to be the star of the show. They're trying to assemble a team effort sure. to get the job done. How does that change now that the boys are older? Well, yeah, positivity breeds positivity, right? So at the end of the day, there would never be a moment where one of your leaders is negative towards you or negative towards the team. The odd time you can see sometimes, not necessarily our bench, but um, minor hockey in general, if someone does something that is not agreed with someone else on the bench, sometimes there'll be an individual who says, oh, come on, or why did that happen, or something like that. Your leaders don't act like that. Your leaders grab that guy and say, hey, don't talk like that. It's our teammate. We'll kill this penalty for him, or we'll do whatever we need to do. Right. Or, um, you know, any kind of comments and get them off the ice, or what are they doing, or something. Hey, that doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're there showing positive encouragement to all your teammates and definitely as a leader, or else you don't deserve that letter. Right, right. You're talking about holding up some values here. What kind, of, what kind of leader do you want to be? You're talking Absolutely. about leading with dignity and with equity and with strength right. and all of those right. things. So that begs the question, how does this kind of leadership then translate outside the rink and outside the dressing room into school and work sure. and relationships? What, what do we hope that this kind of leadership models for all of the boys right, in life. Right. Well, still in the rink, there's accountability too, which is oh, a yeah. good word. So, you know, that will also transfer outside of the rink. Um, 
you'll find someone that's like working, being in the office, being looking at leaders that didn't just all of a sudden happen. It's somebody maybe that was a captain of a team, sports team, something along those lines where you can see they've been bred to, um, to be a leader within society as well. But, you know, sometimes it's a good family. Sometimes it's uh, just how kids, kids are raised and support each other. Sometimes it's a quiet guy. I got to be honest. Like there's been talks of people of uh, uh, Sundin and sometimes Crosby and, and people like that, that they 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 lead with their their leadership on the ice, and they say, "I'm going to go out and show you." And they're quiet in the dressing room, yet they're a captain, you know. So it's not necessarily something that is done directly outside the ice in the dressing room or on the ice. It's got to be a cumulative of all these different factors. It, another great point is that some of the kids on our team are a little quieter. They're right, not as, for sure. You know, obviously outgoing. Not that that's a bad quality, but to what extent do these four boys now have a chance to mentor the rest of the team right. on what leadership looks like? Well, just saying being quieter, hey, that that leader can take that that opportunity. If there is something where something needs to be vocal, usually the quiet guy is sitting in the back and taking it all in. He's quiet for a reason. He's an excellent listener, or he or she, sorry. But within this team, it's the player. So he's probably an excellent listener. So he's probably looking specifically at his leaders as someone to say something appropriate. As a coach, you can lean on him and say to the captain, you got something to say here? Or the odd time a captain will say, uh, hold on, coach, I want to say something. Or uh, coach, we need a players-only meeting or something along those lines. And those will come up. And that's expected to be somebody who has that confidence in being a leader. And, you know, you may be able to get 60 goals goals but if you're someone that can't stand up and be able to speak on behalf of your team and speak for your coach or speak for uh, your teammates then just because you get the 60 goals doesn't necessarily mean you're captain what advice would you give not only to these four but all of the others who might want to be captains or assistants in the future what would you tell them about how to take that leadership role seriously uh great question well so sometimes they are looking at you as a leader they are looking at you as someone um, that can lead them to the promised land, but don't take it too hard and don't take it too serious. Just embrace it. So at the same time, uh, you don't want to take everything on your back and think you're, you've are you lost because of you and how are you going to do this or how are you going to do that? You got to look at it that it's a team effort. And although you're a captain, um, it, it's not up to you to get everything done. It's up to you to encourage the boys and keep things positive. Matt, thank you as always for your no insights. Problem, this is a great episode. And uh, let's see how the boys do this week. Right. Well, the boys have got their work cut out for them once again. Come and watch these new leaders battle on the ice. Once again, we're going to meet our old friends, the Upper York Admirals at Ray 20 Arena this Friday, December 1st at 7 p.m. Make sure you join us. You can go to renegadesrinkside.ca to get all the game details that you need, including how to find us here in Newmarket. Make sure you follow us so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget, podcasts are a great way to amplify your brand, to spread your voice, and to bring your conversation to the public and your customers. Whether you're a sports team, an entrepreneur, a business, or a creator, don't hesitate to reach out to contact at FuseChamber.com. We'd love to help you build your brand with audio. That's it for this week. I'll see you on Friday night, and let's go Renegades!